You know, today we're, we're starting this new series. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about real relationships over the next several weeks. And today we're going to start talking about family, what family means and the idea of a biblical family and how that works with family connections. We'll talk about that for a little bit. Uh, the notes for today's message are on the app. So if you have the app pulled up, you can, you can get that either now or later. And then you go on the front page and go to the bottom. It says Sundays. You can go to there and, and there will be all the notes from today. I don't think there are any fill in the blanks today. I think I put all the was on there because I wasn't sure how far I'd get along in the message, really. That was part of it. I thought, man, I'll get finished. At least at least somebody will be able to have the notes there without having to fill in the blank, right? Because some people just, they got to have all the blanks filled in, right? Uh, so anyway, that's, I'm looking at George Fox thinking that's true for George. You got to have him. You know, he's got his right there. Good job, George. Thanks. You know, the family is such a big part of who we are, right? I hope you had a great family time over, over these last couple of weeks for Christmas and New Year and what that was like. Uh, we, we experienced something different in our family yesterday. I never had that before. We have four grandchildren already, and then uh, our youngest son, he and his wife are going to have a child. So yesterday, we went down to Tennessee, where she's from, and we had a gender reveal party, right? I'd never done that before. That was new for us, and it was a great time with family, and they, you know, did the balloons things, and it came out, and so we're going to have a grandson, so we're excited about that. Yep, yep, fun. Uh, we have three granddaughters already, and then we'll take our second grandson. So it was fun to be able to be with family and have a gender reveal party and see what that was like. And, and maybe some of you have had that experience already too. But, it, but family is so important for us. It's fa- family is vital to who we are. The church family is very important as we gather together. But the Bible speaks so much about the family and the importance of the family. Today, we're going to look at a passage, and we're not going to go in depth with a passage. I'm looking at several different areas because really today is more about teaching than about preaching a sermon. I wanted to, to get some things on our plate because we're starting a new year, right? And as families and as parents and grandparents and, and everybody inside of a family, to start a new year, you're, you're thinking about new things and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions and all those kind of things. So let's just start by looking at the importance of the family and what we have to do from a biblical perspective because that's what we believe. We believe in the Bible. We believe the Bible is our peace, our foundation that guides us. So the Bible should help us in all the things that we are dealing with. You can probably tell I've got a little bit of a cold I've had this week. I asked Elizabeth after the first uh, service how, how it sounded, and she just kind of looked at me like it sounded awful. So I, I hope it doesn't sound as bad as it sounds up here. But let's work through this passage and some other passages together. So if you have your Bible, phone, iPad, whatever you're looking at, we're in Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Joshua 24, verse 15. It is a verse or a part of a verse that you may have hanging on a plaque on your wall or outside your door, something like that, and and you'll recognize it in a moment. Joshua becomes the leader, of course, after Moses. And Joshua is getting to this place at the end of of his book, Joshua chapter 24, uh, and he brings all the people together, all, all the Israelites, and he brings them all together. And he, he reminds them of a couple of things. He reminds them of where they were, right? So he reminds them of what had happened in their past, how they had been in Egypt. And he, if you read through that whole chapter, he, he gives them a remembrance of what has happened. And, and I think that's good for us. You know, we look back at 2019, remember the positive things that happened in 2019. Not all things were positive. We walked through difficulties and struggles and 
heartaches. Some, and we know all that. And, and so did the Israelites. They recognized that everything wasn't perfect. Um, but, but Joshua reminded them that God was in control of that that God was in control of all the things that were going on, not just the good things, but the bad things. And, and again, just to remind them to look back and to see what had happened and that God was in control. Well, I think we need that kind of reminder too, right? We look back, we see a year, we think, man, it was a good year. Not all things were good, not all things were bad, but it's still God was working inside that like he always does. Then he begins to remind them of their present situation, where they are, how they came across the Jordan into the promised land, and gives them some details of that, which we won't necessarily look at all those details, but, but he gives them the understanding that God is also in control of where they are. They, they begin to understand that. They begin to recognize that. And then we get down to this 15th verse in this chapter where he reminds them then that they have a choice to make of what they're going to do in this new time. And that's really kind of where we are today, that we have this choice that we make for our family. So if you have your Bible and you're looking at it, he tells them uh, in verse 15, and if this is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. That's a simple kind of statement, right? You get to choose this day who you will serve. Now, whether it's the gods of your fathers, which we talked about before the river, that's how he tells them, over there in Egypt where they were, maybe you were serving those gods, or he would go on to say, the gods of the Amorites, who the land in whom you dwell, which is not just the Amorites, but he was saying all these gods that we have around us in the present, you've got to decide, right, who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve what's happened in the past and be stuck serving that what has happened in the past, and he says that's your choice, or you're going to serve these gods that are the present, the things that you have right now before you. Then he goes on to say, make this statement that becomes probably the one you put on your wall right here at the end of verse 15, where he says, but for me and my house, or for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And the word Lord is the word Yahweh, which has to do with the one and only God. That's what he says. Our house because I'm the leader of the house. We are choosing to serve the one and only God. Now, there are a lot of religions around the world that talk about the God that they serve, and many of them might say that we serve the same God. We would disagree with that. We would say, no, we don't serve the same God, because those other religions do not believe the God that we serve or that they serve is the Father of Jesus. And we would say, no, we believe the God we serve is different than the God you serve because the God we serve is the Father who sent Jesus to us, that he is the Son of God. No other religion believes that. So even though they talk about God, that's why it's very important sometimes when you talk about people who say they believe in God, you've got to really bore that down to say, well, are you talking about you believe in Jesus as the Son of God? Because many would say they believe in God. But, and that's what Josh was saying, by the way. He said, hey, you can believe in those other gods, the ones that are back there, or you can be the ones that are in the present. But as for me and my house, I'm believing in Yahweh, the one and only true God who presents himself as the I am's, as Jesus does in John, who presents himself as the I am. So there's, the, there's kind of the difference between those two. And he says to us, then, you are the ones who is choosing. Now, I've chosen that verse today to help us as we get into this 2020 to be able to say, you know, at some point in their families, if we're going to have family connections that are Christian connections, we bring that to the New Testament, and we say that we're followers of Christ. 
And if so, we are following Christ, then we choose to follow Christ, our surrender to following Christ as he draws us to himself. And that's what we, as we have become followers of Christ, then we begin to say, what does that look like for my family? If I proclaim that I have a Christian worldview, that I believe the Bible, then it means that there are some connections that I make for my family as I start this new year that I must choose to help my family and lead my family. And let's talk about some of those in a very practical way as we walk through this. The first thing I want to say today is that build family connections as you focus on strong foundations. That's the beginning place is strong foundations. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, that's a great prescription for a strong family, right? It starts out to say, if we're going to build a strong foundation, it's as we have people in the family who have the focus on loving the Lord, and loving the Lord, as he would tell us in this passage, with our whole hearts, our whole soul, and all of our strength. So everything about us. Now, that's no different than the New Testament teaches us as New Testament followers of Christ, that we are surrendering all, that we're walking daily with the Lord, that the Holy Spirit is in our lives. So that strength doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from our abilities. It comes from the Spirit of God in us. So if we're going to be strong leaders in our families into this new year, we choose because we choose to follow Christ, and if we choose to follow Christ, then we make the connection, then I must be loving God with my whole heart, my whole soul, and all my strength. How do I do that? Well, I do that by relying upon the Holy Spirit, who is guiding me and teaching me. Now, there are four practical things I'd want to say about this uh, as we go along under this particular topic. First of all, if we're going to build strong foundations it means that as a parent, you have to be a godly person. That's the very beginning place. As a parent, you have to be a godly person. In our lives, there are ungodly things that happen. We're always fighting against Satan. We're always, there, we're always fighting against the evil one who's trying to destroy us. Yet, the Bible would clearly teach us, as we're growing in our discipleship, as we build our foundations in our families, that it starts out when we are godly people. So the first place that I have to begin as a father, husband, grandfather is the whole idea that my life should be godly and I should be striving then to be a godly person. That means I need to be understanding what it needs to be holy and I need, I need to be able to be moving that direction. Now, I'm not going to achieve all that to perfection. I understand that. And I, but I can't use that as an excuse. I can't say, hey, I'm, I'm not perfect, so therefore I messed up here and I'm just not perfect. That's not what the Bible teaches us. As a believer who is following Christ for our families, it is saying, well, okay, I'm choosing to follow. My house is going to be with the Lord, and I know I'm going to do that because of who Christ is in my life, so I've got to become that godly person. The second thing that I would say under this is that not only do I have to be a godly person, I have to be consistent. As a parent, I have to be consistent. And sometimes that is difficult to do. But consistency is very important. You know that your children and grandchildren or people around you that you work with, or wherever you might be, what you, what you do is much more influential than what you say. Because you can say something and do just the opposite, and what they do is watch you do something, and they watch you, what you do, and they believe what you do is the example that you've set. 
So therefore, our consistency inside that can be very, very important in our lives. There was a time in our family where one of the kids came to me. I don't even remember which one it was. We have four kids. One came to me and said, Dad, do you ever read the Bible? I was like, well, yeah, I read the Bible. And, and, and they said, well, I think it was, one, I think it was our son. He said, we never, re- we never see you read the Bible. Mom reads the Bible all the time, but we never see you read the Bible. And it was a really interesting dilemma, right? Because why? Because, well, I usually got up in the mornings before they were out of bed, and I usually did my devotion time or study time, and then I would go to the church office, and at the church office, I would have time to set aside to study or to read, and, and so I was in the Bible a lot, but my kids didn't see that. All they saw was dad gets up, and when we get up, he, he leaves. He never reads the Bible, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, and so I had, to, I had to change some of that in my own life to say, no, I read the Bible and, and become an example to them uh, because they saw their mom doing it a lot, but not me. And so I had to change that example. And so it's very important for us to realize the consistency in our lives are what people see. And that's important for us as parents. That's important for us as grandparents because we're building this foundation. And I think the other thing that I would, I would add to this, I know the third part would be how we love each other in the family, uh, especially as, as husband and wife and parents. Now, if you're single, how do you love your children? How, how do you, what do you say about an ex-husband or an ex-wife? All that's very important because it, it builds up in them the understanding that there's love still going on, right? Because love is, is, love is the key part of that. The Bible teaches us that if we're going to make any impact in the world around us, it's when the world sees that we love each other. And I understand that it's been difficult. I, I, I understand that. I understand that there are great problems sometimes in doing that. Yet, if we are saying that we want to be biblical in what we do, we're being biblical in, in loving each other and caring for each other. The, third, the fourth thing inside that is, I think uh, if we're going to build strong foundations, I want to also add that parents uh, need to be good listeners. I think that's one of the most practical things that I really want to encourage you with today. How do you listen to those around you? Man, it's one of those things that's hard to do. How do you listen to what your kids say? How do you listen to what's going on? Uh, we were with a family the other day, not one, one of our kids. We were with another family, and uh, one of the kids was trying to talk to the mom, right? And finally, um, the mom sitting beside him, the little kid just went over and, and got the mom and just kind of held her face, you know, and, and looked at her. And, and said, okay, I'm telling you this. Now, the reason that little kid did that, I found out later, because that's what the mom does. When that little kid is in trouble, she just looks at her and says, you got to listen to me. You know, she wasn't doing it in any bad way. It was just listen. And sometimes I think we need that, right? We need to listen to each other, to see what we're saying to each other, to understand what's going on, because we're so busy in the stuff that we're doing that we just kind of bypass that. But if we're going to build strong family connections, it's going to be as we build a strong foundation, a strong foundation that says we love each other, we're godly, we're consistent, we're listening to what each other says. The second thing I'd say today, not only building strong foundations, but also a focus on spiritual growth. You have to be, as a part of the family, focused on spiritual growth. What does it mean for you to be growing spiritually? What does it mean for you to understand that your growth as a believer is very, very important to what happens in your family, because it is. It's vital to everything that you're doing into this new year. If you're going to build a, a family that's focused on Christ, if you're going to build a family that, and are we going to need that, by the way, so much? Uh, we, we continue to watch our world change. 
We continue to watch culture shift. We continue to, and that is not going to change. That's not going to back up on us anytime soon. So if we're going to have a strong family inside this. It's going to be as we begin to grow spiritually and to help those in our family who are growing spiritually. So spiritual growth becomes a great part of family connection. What do I mean by spiritual growth? Well, there are four or five things that I would tell you today. One would be reading the Bible together. That's a given, right? Uh, just reading the Bible. But, but are we doing that? Are we reading the Bible in our homes as the Bible becomes centered on what we do? Uh, how much time are we watching a movie versus reading the Word or being on the internet versus reading the Word? And how's that played out in your family? That's a question that you get to answer on your own. Um, praying together. What is it like for praying together? How does your family see you praying together? What are you praying about? Are you praying for other people? And that becomes very important in, in your family as you pray together. Third, attending church together. What does it mean to come together as a body of believers? We know cultures has shifted there, and we know that most people come to church like, I don't know, once every three weeks or so because of other things and other things happening and kids and sports and all those things that are real, right? But then how do our kids grow up thinking about attending together, studying together, having great worship together? So that becomes another part of growing spiritually, how often you're together with God's people. Encouraging your children to have private devotions would be one of those. They might see you having devotions, but how do you encourage them? How do you get them a Bible that they can understand? How do you help them to understand that their time along with God is important also? Not just spiritual growth for adults, but spiritual growth for the entire family. Uh, next would be building biblical convictions into your family's life as a guide. Now, that's a little hard. Let me say that again. Building biblical convictions into your family. And that takes time, and that takes work, and that takes energy. But it's so important because if we are going to be people of the Word and people of the Bible, and the Bible is our rule, then we have to learn how to build biblical convictions into our lives and into our families' lives. How do they know what's honest? How do they know what's true? How do they know what's pure? How do they know what's right? Uh, and so those just didn't happen until we decide, we decide that, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. The Lord is who we serve, and that means building inside our family as much as we can biblical convictions. Are, is it going to be 100%? No, I don't think so. I mean, I hope it is for you. Sure, it wasn't in our family, but that's not the point. The point is I'm trying. I'm, I'm building convictions into our family. And one of the way, another thing that I think is very important is allowing for difficult questions inside your family. Allow for difficult questions. I think families who are afraid to just get into the, the difficult things, it can be very, very hard um, because I, I, it, you just got to deal with them. You got to deal with questions like, you know, what is death? How does that really happen? What does that really mean? Difficult questions that might be hard for kids, but when they ask it, you've got to figure out, how do I not put this off? But how do I guide them biblically through this? Because that's what you're doing, right? You're setting a basic foundation, and then you are growing spiritually, and you're helping your family to grow spiritually. That's what Josh was talking about when he says... I'm going to serve the Lord. And if you make that statement, you hang that plaque in your house, you put it on the wall, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm going to serve the Lord, and these are the things that it means. Now, the third thing that I would add to that, build family connections as you sacrifice for each other. And maybe this is the most difficult one. 
How do we sacrifice for people inside our family? Ecclesiastes 4, I I use the good news translation because I love the way he says it. He says, two are better off than one. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one there to help them up. I love that. It's not translation in the same sense, but it's just a kind of a transliteration of what those words mean. It really means that I got to have someone to help me. And and if we don't have that in our families, we're going to struggle even more. If we can't sacrifice with our families, it's going to be more difficult for us than ever. One of the things that I think we have really worked hard on in our own family uh, is discouraging criticism within the family. It is so easy for family to criticize each other. It is so easy for kids to criticize each other or parents to criticize each other or church members to criticize each other. And now I'm not talking about having to deal with conflict or having to deal with something that's not appropriate, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about criticism. Yet the Bible speaks so much against it. It speaks so much about us encouraging each other in our family and uplifting each other in our family and edifying the brothers and sisters. Yet it seems like one of the things that tears us down so much is to be criticized. And, to be, and it happens in the family so much. So I, I would encourage you, as you are sacrificing for each other, just be aware of what that means. Even as husband and wife, even as parents, how do, you, how do you are aware that when your kids hear you criticize something, is that setting that example of criticism in their heart? And then also at the same time, sharing with them your own heartaches and your own troubles and the own things that you go. Sometimes we try to protect you know, those around us. We're going to protect them from anything that's hard for them to hear. Yet they need to know that your heartaches are real. Your troubles are real. Why do they need to know that? They need to know that because the only way we're going to find rest and soul care inside that is to help them to know that that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And if we're not teaching that in our homes, they're not getting it anywhere else. So it becomes important for us as parents, for us to be able to say, to model inside our homes, this is what we are about. This is how we care for each other. Even in difficult times, we see God at work. We may not understand God's working. We may not know all of it, but we can trust who he is because he loves us. And then also as a part of that, knowing that we find refuge in one another. That's where this verse comes back to in Ecclesiastes. It's the idea that when I need help, where do I find it? Well, I think Joshua would say, you don't have to go outside your family to find it. You should find it inside that loving family, that support that you've given and what you have grown up in that spiritual context. And it would be important for us to be able to think in that term because when Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve Yahweh, the only one true God. And we would say, taking that over to the New Testament, it happens because of who Christ is in us. Now, there's an assumption there on my part that Christ is in your life, uh, and that would be the number one assumption that I would hope if he is not, that today would be your day of salvation. The Bible would say if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you would be saved. But I would believe that many of us, most of us in this room, would call ourselves followers of Christ. So how does it challenge us then to say, okay, am I really serving the Lord? Is my household really serving the Lord? Are we really sacrificing for each other? Are we really building that strong foundation? Are we really growing spiritually? Or in 2020, are we just going to do what we've always done? Go to church occasionally, read the Bible some, pray when we get in trouble, or is God calling us to more than that? Well, I, I believe he's called us to more than that. I believe he's calling you and your family to go to a new level in this new year. 
a new level of spiritual growth, a new level of knowing him more than you've ever known him. Not so that you can be a better church member or you can be a better Christian. No, simply because you can know God more. And when you get into difficulties and heartaches and struggles, you know that his love for you is so amazing that he cares for you and his grace is so great for you. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with, with Joshua who says to the people, remember all that God has done. Remember all that God is doing. But for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And it wasn't about the past. It wasn't about the present, but it was about what God was going to do and how God was going to move in a great way in their life. And that's what our prayer is for you and for our church as we get into this series, into this new year, that God would do in your family, in your life, more than you could think or imagine. Man, that's our prayer. That you would be able to come to that place where you would say, we choose to serve the Lord. Even in difficulties, even in situations, even in problems, even in things that we go through, even heartaches. The last thing I had in the notes was being able to build connections in our family as we serve together. Because I really believe it is, it's more about how we care for others, how we serve other people. And the model that you give for your family as you serve others. But really, really, truth of the matter for this message today, for our teaching time today, is that God would somehow challenge you by the Holy Spirit that you would be challenged to say, you know, I, I want to be more like him in 2020. I, I want to be more in my family. I want to be more godly. I want to be more right with him. I want to be able to handle issues at a whole different level that come our way. And that only comes about when we're willing to yield ourselves and say, as Joshua said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm just going to give myself to the Lord. And that's really what he's saying. I'm just going to give myself to the Lord. And let him do the work.